0: Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. We're in a series called A Place Called Home, and really what we're doing is we're talking about how God desires for us to build a healthy home. And what that looks like. Last week we talked about a life of harmony in our home, in our church home, and in our regular home. And then also today I want to talk to you about a home of healthy relationships. How we are called to live a life building healthy relationships. It's part of the heart of our church here at Experience Church. But that being said, last week was a very first where we spoke two preachers at once, Kenny and I. Well, I hate to tell you, Kenny, I love you, but I got somebody even more important to me than you that I'm hyped to have here today. I'm excited to announce that for the very first time, everybody, you are, for the very first time at Experience Church, my beautiful, incredible wife is going to be speaking with me today. Why don't you give it up for Ashley? Give it up for Ashley. Get up here. Love you. Oh... We're going to dive right in because we know for the sake of time, we don't want to keep anybody here too long, but we know, you know, really what we've been reading is in Mark chapter 3 and verse 24 where it says, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand and a house divided against itself cannot stand. And so we're talking about really how the enemy is a divider and he tries to divide the home. And I do know this. If you're in the room and you're like, oh, no, uh, married folk, two couple, a couple, a man and a a woman are preaching or teaching, this is not for me. This is to be a bunch of married stuff and, oh, my gosh, healthy relationships. Here we go. I'm single and I'm ready to mingle, but nobody's wanting to mingle. And so here I am. Lord, you see me? (laughs) Lord, (laughs) that may be how you pray. (laughs) I'm sorry if it is. Anyways, um, (laughs) okay, here we go. Um, But I do want to say this. Don't check out on us. Uh, This really, the principles that we have here, I believe, will help you whether you're single or you're married, Uh, whether you're looking to date someone or you're not looking to date someone. Really, this can be for your marriage, for your coworkers, for your friendships. Uh, These are biblical principles that I believe will help you in your relationship, and I know Ashley does too. And I will say this as well. Many of you in the room or watching online, you have been married longer than Ashley and I. So Ashley and I don't want anybody in the room or online to think that we're coming up here telling you we know what we're doing, that we think we have the perfect marriage. We know many of you could be teaching us and are teaching us. You know what I'm saying? You could be up here teaching. We know that. And so we're just here. Uh, We want to just continue to share biblical principles and then share a little bit about our story. But uh, we don't want to ever come across as like we think that we know it all. We know that many of you in the room have incredible marriages and so we're grateful for you because y'all are continuing to teach us. And so we're honored uh, to, for you to be a part of what we're doing here at Experience Church. But that being said, really, we're talking about living a life where, of harmony in our home and how we don't want the enemy to divide us. Really, there's three ways that we see in the scripture. There are many other ways, but three ways we want to talk about today um, on what we see on how to really build healthy relationships. And in 1 Peter chapter 3, in verse 8, it says, Finally, all of you be like-minded. Be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Finally, all of you, be like-minded. Be in unity, be in harmony. Have the same mind. Be like-minded. You know, you really can't be like-minded if you don't know what the other mind is thinking. And so, how do you know how the other mind is thinking? And we all hear it, we all say it, everybody knows it. It's like the number one key to a great, healthy relationship is communication. We all know that. Everybody in the room said, oh, no. All the guys at least said, oh, no, here we go about communication. But it, it, it's, it's the key. I know it's so cliche, but it's the, it's the greatest key to a healthy relationship with your spouse, with your friends, with, with a coworker, with a boss, is, is healthy communication. And Really, there are four areas of healthy communication you need to have in your, in your relationship. It's with your finances. It's with your future. It's with your feelings, and it's with your faith. With your faith, it's this concept of, okay, am I in my relationship? Am I open about what God is doing in my life? Am I open in what God is speaking to me? Or am I just I'm just praying on my own? Am I just, I'm just seeking God on my own, and I'm just letting her see? No, we're we sharing with one another what God is doing. People ask me all the time, how do I keep Christ as the center of our relationship? How do you really keep Christ in the center of your relationship? Have open dialogue and, and transparency about your faith and what God is doing in your life. And so the first thought today is transparency. You have to have transparency in your healthy relationship. Also, you have to have transparency in your feelings.
1: Right. And we should all strive to be vulnerable in our relationships. Just being open with one another about areas of weakness, areas that we're trying to grow in. You should be willing to be vulnerable and and. Just be yourself. Really talk about what's going on. Ask questions and answer honestly if you're being asked a question from your spouse. Um, and Jesus shows in a great example of this um, when he went to go pray in Gethsemane. Um, he was, you know, gonna give his life the next day. It was a bit, you know, the best thing he ever did for every single one of us in here. Um, and he was happy to do it. I mean, he would do it again. Um, but that doesn't mean that he wasn't vulnerable. Um, so he was speaking with Peter, James, and John in Matthew 26:38. He told them, "My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death." He still shows us an example of being vulnerable. It's good.
0: It's good, and it's it's so cool because this is obviously Jesus, and yet he's still showing us a picture of transparency in his relationships. And then for you and I, it's important that we have people in our lives, if you're not married in the room, that you have other guys, if you're a guy, or girls, if you're a girl, being transparent with one another to be able to open up about the things going on in your soul. If you're married in the room, there should be no one else that you share things about your soul more with than with your spouse. We should, have, we should be able to have open dialogue. And I know all the gentlemen in the room are like, oh, man, communication. Because, you know, your wife, you get home from work, and she says, how was work? And you're like, Good. You know what I'm saying? She says, no, 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 like, tell me about it. Like, what you, have you, you really been working through? What's some things you've been praying for? Stuff. <laughs> like, well, how have you been feeling? Fine. And then we leave, and we're like, yeah, we just had a great conversation with our wives. We walk away like, yeah, we are communication geniuses. Come on, somebody. And your wife's like, uh, hello, you know, what are you doing? And so it's important for us, hear me, gentlemen in the room, it's important for us to give opportunities and space in our time, even if we don't feel like it, to have open, vulnerable, transparent conversations about where we are in our lives, what we're thinking, what we're walking through, what we're believing for, what we're feeling. And again, it may be hard for you, but no one in your life is going to support you more than your spouse does. Why? Because they care about you. And so it's important for us, gentlemen, don't get caught up in just the same old, oh, yeah, that's what guys do. We just say fine and we walk off. No, create a space. Even if I encourage you, I tell during my premarital counseling with people, like even if it's just once a week where you say for this time during this day, for 30 minutes, an hour, we're just going to share what's going on. And so that way you can target it, fellas. You can like, okay, I'm working up the energy so you're not just all the time doing it. And then ladies, it gives you an opportunity where you know, okay, I don't just have to say it all the time. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on. No, okay, Wednesday at 6 o'clock, we're going to sit down at the dinner table and we're going to share what's going on in our souls. Is that okay? And I know many of you gentlemen, I know many of you gentlemen, you are angels, and you talk more, you talk so much, she doesn't want you to talk anymore. I know that, gentlemen. I know you are, So some of you are Jesus himself, I know, in your relationship. I know, fellas. But I want to encourage you, for those of us that are not, let's create the space. Why? Because it's so important, because transparency is really how we grow in our relationship communication is the key how do we have communication through transparency and then finances i would encourage you in the room if you i, I tell people during relationship counseling like you know finances is one of the greatest reasons people get divorced yeah. it's like the number one reason is finances and so finances i would tell you i would encourage you be transparent with what's going on i don't think that you should have two different bank accounts i think that the both names should be on the same bank account i don't think there should be his money her money my money your money it's our money. Well, I make I make more than they do. Like I work way more hours than they do. Two become one. It's yours is ours. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? If you do the one that makes less money, praise God. Somebody, come on. You know what I'm saying? You blessed, highly favored. I know I'm being funny, but seriously, I would encourage you to have open dialogue. And again, obviously, if you're single, maybe you're not having an open dialogue with, with your finances. But you should if you're single. You should be able to have open dialogue in your soul with another believer that's someone that's that's walking with you. And again, gentlemen, I would encourage you to make be other gentlemen. Ladies, I encourage you to be other g- ladies. Because next thing you know, y'all be y'all be transparent with the other sex. And next thing you know, you're doing things way too transparent. You know what I'm saying? And you got to... Somebody got real quiet there, but that's all good. And I would encourage you to find those men and those women in your life. And then also another part of, you know, of, of transparency is conflict. You want me to talk about conflict? Oh, read the scripture. You want me to read the scripture? James chapter 1 and verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry.
1: Okay. Uh, so something about me, uh, just a little backstory on myself um, I'm someone who really likes to sweep things under the rug, and I am noto- I've am i been notorious for sweeping things under the rug. I've probably swept more things under the rug uh, in, in a conversational sense more than I've swept the floors in my house. Um, I don't know if any of you are like that, um, but I definitely have had an issue with it. And when I say that, what I mean is, <laughs> What I mean is, when we don't want to have the conversation, we don't want to talk about the hard stuff. We're just frustrated, and we keep that anger inside, and it festers, and it gets—you know—it's uh, like it's fermenting in there, but not for a good reason. And you're just holding on to this anger, and then something else happens, and it piles up in there, and it's, it ends up being more harm than good. Um, in Ephesians 4:25 to 27. Um, It says, So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. So it's far better to just have the tough conversations than allow the enemy to have any room in your relationship to have a foothold and create more damage than is more
0: so, not good. so good so good now I, I agree with that as far as the way it works oftentimes is we have this concept of conflict in our brains that we always look at it as negative conflict's negative oh i don't want to have to co- have conflict if we have a conflict it's going to be this argument it's going to be this blow up it's going to be this shutdown whatever it is we're not going to talk for a couple of, like i don't want to have to have conflict but conflict is not not actually negative the enemy tries to use conflict to divide us that's the negative But healthy conflict actually allows, God uses it to allow us to grow closer with one another. And so we should all, everybody in this room, there is conflict that we work through. Whether it's with your relationship, we all have relationship tensions. Whether it's with your spouse, whether it's with someone you're dating, whether it's with a friend, whether it's with a boss, a co-worker, an employee, there's always going to be relational conflict. And so for us as humans, as Christians, we should be a people that say we desire to resolve conflict in a healthy way. The way that we resolve conflict in a healthy way is we allow ourselves the space to be able to say, okay, I'm going to listen to you or I'm going to come to you and I'm going to have this conversation not because I'm mad at you. I love it. It says be slow to get angry. I'm not going to come to you when I'm angry. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait, and I'm going to have a conversation with you. And then when we do have conversation, we're not going to get upset with one another. We're not going to get mad at each other. We're not going to separate ourselves and get, go in different rooms. No. We want to work things through. Why? Because the reason why we're having this conflict is because we love one another, and we want to grow continually in our relationship together. But oftentimes people take conflict as, oh, well, you don't know, he's a yeller or she's a yeller or she, whatever, and so you don't understand what's going to happen. Well, if that's the case, you have to have conversation before you get upset and wait, don't wait till it's a blow up and say, hey, can I talk to you about some things that are going on that I see in, in your life that's really, that have been bothering me. And again, oftentimes with conflict, it becomes a blow up or a shutdown based on how we say it, not what we say. So your tone and how you speak to each other, you should be doing it in an uplifting, honoring way. Honor your spouse, gentlemen, ladies. Honor your spouse. Do it in a way where it's not this negative, aggressive, I'm coming at you or attacking you. If you attack someone, what do you think the first thing they're going to do is? They're going to defend themselves. Why? Because you just attacked me. Now, Not I'm going to defend you. Now I'm about to rocket launch some things into your life and make you realize you are nothing, you little sucker. You know what I'm saying? I hope you don't call your spouse that. Praise God. And then you turn around and say, but you're a pretty little sucker. Come on. I'm just joking. That's a joke. That being said, though, if we're not careful, hear me. If we're not careful, we'll we'll try to resolve conflict on being angry with each other when really conflict should be a thing that is calm. We're slow to get angry. Why? Because I know the heart of Ashley is not trying to... Trying to attack me or belittle me it's to try to help me because she sees something in me that i don't see and it will help me grow in my relationship with her but also my, my my life around me make sense and for those that are single in the room i know we're talking a lot of married if you're single in the room i would encourage you learn the art and the gift of conflict resolution now if you wait to learn how to resolve conflict till you get married oh buddy Learn the art of it. Listen, for those that have roommates, and you know what I'm talking about, like you you write on the refrigerator, you, you put your little snack or your little cookie in there, and you write, don't eat. And next thing you know, you go in there six minutes later, and it's been eaten, and you're like, what in the world? That's healthy for you. Because why? There's conflict that you have to resolve without becoming this overly blow-up type person or the shutdown type person. Because why? As you're learning the conflict with one another, re- resolution with one another, you're going to easily be able to bring that into your relationship with your spouse. And now you've been able to grow together easier than you would have just said, I'll wait till I get married to work some things out. So learn. If you're single, I'm telling you, learn the art of conflict resolution. I would encourage you. If you're single, I say look for it. Don't look for it like, oh, I can't wait to have conflict with somebody today. Oh, I'm about to have some conflict with some. No, don't look for it like that. But I would say that if there's something that comes up, don't hold it. Hey, 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 man, can we can we have this conversation? Hey, girl, can we? Uh, you know, you did this the other night. and I just wouldn't. You said this and it hurt my feelings. Have those conversations. Learn to do that. Because if not. Over time, it's going to cause you, and when you do get married, to bring it out into the marriage, and it makes the marriage even more difficult. Because I'm telling you, communication is the key to a healthy relationship, and that starts with, with really learning how to con- have conflict in those different things. Okay, number two. Second thing that you have to have trans- first, you have to have transparency. Second, you have to have teamwork.
1: Um, in Amos 3 3, it says, Can two walk together unless they are agreed? Mark. 10 9 says, Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate.
0: I love this because both scriptures show us a picture of teamwork. You know, for those that are married in the room, your spouse is your teammate. Your spouse is not your enemy. I'll say it again your spouse is not your enemy. Oftentimes, we can look at as our spouse or those of you are dating someone that when you get into a frustrated situation, they're against me. No, you're on the same team. I love the thought of teamwork and a teammate because it's just like football. Come on, it's Super Bowl Sunday, fellas and ladies. You know, nobody cares. We know, but it's still Super Bowl Sunday. Praise God. And, and, you know, I love the thought of teamwork because as you're on the same team, you're not fighting against one another. You're not face-to-face fighting one another. What you're doing is you're side-by-side and you're fighting for a goal. It's the same thing with our relationships. Oftentimes, the enemy tries to use us to face-to-face fight. Now, if I'm doing this, here's what's happening. Now, the purpose of the relationship is not being successful because I'm so concerned with fighting face-to-face. Instead, we should be locking arms facing outward, facing the enemy who's the, really trying to destroy the relationship and divide the relationship we would fight together against that so we continue to build in harmony in our relationships.
1: And um, some of you may know our story with Winter Grace. Jordan said before, um, you know, that she is our miracle. Um, but we we had been praying to have a child for five years. We really, really wanted to have a child. We, you know, talked to God about it. But, you know, infertility can be really isolating. And it's definitely... Uh, can become a factor and it could be a reason why we could turn against one another. Um, but we didn't do that. You know, we, we really trusted on the Lord and we, um, he, you know, he gave us our beautiful miracle. And honestly, uh, if it wasn't for him, I don't know what we would have done, but he really just showed us how to fight together as a team and really, um, make the difference. I mean, it's, it's really, it made us grow a lot. We learned a lot in that situation.
0: Good. And, you know, here's the thing. Like, you're going to fight something. We All, all of us, we're going to fight something or someone. And so that oftentimes what the enemy tries to do is a something like infertility. That oftentimes the enemy will try to use that to divide us and next thing you know it's now Ashley's against Jordan and Jordan's against Ashley and we start to separate ourselves distance ourselves from distance comes division from division comes dis- divorce really and so here's what it is it's we didn't allow that situation to cause us to be separated instead we say no we said no I, no we're not going to fight this face to face what we're going to do is we're going to lock arms and we're going to fight the enemy that's trying to come against us. And, and, and God obviously gave us that blessing. But here's the thing. It's oftentimes there are things in our lives, things we're believing for, a struggle that we're walking through. For, for those that are in relationships, a struggle that you're walking through, a thing that you're making, a tragedy in your life. Something may happen, and oftentimes the enemy tries to use that to divide us. I got an illustration. I'm glad you asked about it. I'm glad you're wondering what this rope's about. I have this illustration, and I need help. Uh, Kenny, why don't you come up here? Kenny, Kenny, you're going to be the devil, okay? Aww. Kenny, you're the devil. You're the devil, Kenny. Okay. I love you, Kenny, but you're the devil, okay? Wrote, wrote this. Oh, thank you for the hug, brother. Appreciate that. Okay, so here's what it is. So here's what oftentimes we do. Come over here. So oftentimes, here's what we do. Oftentimes, we have this thing. For uh, for Ashley and I, was infertility. For you, it may be it may be finances for you. It may be uh, it may be a new job for you. It may I don't know what it is, but stuff we're believing for. And here's what happens: if I'm so concerned about being aggressive and what I want, I'm I'm fighting Ashley. Now, what's happening is the enemy the whole time is using that thing to pull me. You can pull me a little bit, Kenny. Don't be scared. Okay, pull me a little bit. Come on, devil. You know what I'm saying? The devil is a liar. You know what I'm saying? But but oh, okay, Kenny. Okay, Kenny. I'm gonna throw up. Okay. I'm about to throw up of it. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to get crazy in here. Kenny. <laughs> okay. Back to what I was talking about. <laughs> so what happens is, it, if here's what happens, and then next thing you know, I'm trying to fight this on my own, and by fighting this on my own, it's causing me to be more aggressive towards her, more, 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 more frustrated with her, and then the same thing's happening on her end. I didn't want to get a rope and pull her, but she would be doing the same thing. And there's this constant slow distance that's happening in our relationship because of something that we're, fi- we're fighting on our own. Instead, the Bible says that we should be fighting together arm in arm. And so what should be happening is we lock arms and we're pulling together against that thing. We're praying for that thing. We're believing. For- Man, the devil's weak. The, de- the devil be real weak. We're pulling th- We're praying for that thing. We're believing for that thing. We're ch- we're challenging one another and continue to stay strong. And as we pull that, the enemy releases that. And now here's what's cool. Now what the enemy tried what the enemy tried to use for harm. The Bible says God turns around for the good of all those who love and believe. So now, what happens is that very thing that was causing us to be distancing, the enemy was trying to use. God tries to use, actually doesn't try to. He does. He he calls it. He calls us to be able to use it as cl- drawing us to be closer together. Come on, get in real tight. Y'all know what I'm saying. And we and we get closer together, and then through that, here's what happens: that very thing the enemy was using to try to cause us to be separated, God now uses it as something that we stand on and say, "He was with us then." He'll continue to be with us, then through every situation in our lives, it's so important to understand. Yeah, you can clap. Come on, you can clap for that. Praise God. Okay. Thank you. But that being said, it's important to understand that because as as humans, our nature is going to be we're going to fight something. God wants us to fight the enemy of our soul. He wants us to fight the divider of our relationship, not fight one another. I don't even know where we're at. Praise God. What am I at? Oh, and if you're single, single, I'm glad we thank you for pointing out the singles. Singles, I would encourage you, you know, you know, this is why the scripture says do not be unequally yoked. Oftentimes people say, oh, well, God doesn't want me to have fun. And, oh, God doesn't know this person. And, oh, I can bring this person to Christ. Well, I would encourage you. The Bible says don't be unequally yoked. Why? It's not because God doesn't want you to love someone. It's because he wants you to understand that how important your teammate is. Your teammate is someone that is supposed to be fighting with you. Oftentimes in relationships, it's, it's all about selfishness where we're fighting for ourselves. We're fighting for our own dreams. We're fighting for our own futures. We're fighting for the things that we want. We're fighting for our own needs. And here's what happens. It causes separation. This is why he says don't be unequally yoked. Why? Because you're not going to be able to fight for the same faith and the same boundaries if someone's unequally yoked. And so this is why God says, listen, I want you to know your teammate is important. Find someone that's going to fight the way that you desire to fight with your faith.
1: Yeah and we really should, uh, whenever we're focused on being like Christ, looking like Christ, self-improvement, we really should be looking for relationships with people that are um, challenging us by the way that they live, by the things that they do, by the way that they love like Christ. How are, like, how do we surround ourselves with people that are doing that, that are pointing us to Christ and making us think, hey, maybe there's something about the way that I'm doing that doesn't look like the way that Jesus loves. How do I do that more like that person? Um, The reason why it matters so much is because if you're in a serious relationship... This person is the person that's going to, if you're a woman, that person's going to be your husband. That's gonna, that person's going to father your children. So do you want them to lead your relationship spiritually or in the family, lead the family spiritually? Or, you know, is that something you're expecting to do on your own? Um, and so that's something that's really important. I think uh, here in Hebrews 10:24, it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works.
0: So good, and again, it's so important that we would understand that that the team—it's a teammate. And again, for those of you that are single, you say, "Oh well, you know, you just a lot about marriage." No, you should have men, gentlemen, in the room. You should have other men in your life that are your teammates, fighting for your faith, fighting for those boundaries in your life, fighting to say, "Hey, you know, what? I saw you to go talk to that girl this time of night. You know what? Yeah, I saw you I saw that snap. You need to. You need to." Mm-mm. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Come on, somebody. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it at that. The last one, very quickly, as we close today. You know, you have to, you have, to have transparency. You have to have uh, teamwork. And then also, you have to treasure one another. You have to have, be able to treasure one another. Ecclesiastes 9, verse 9 says, enjoy life with your wife come on somebody enjoy your life with your wife whom you love I want to say this I said it already I'll say it again for gentlemen and ladies in the room your spouse is not your enemy your spouse married you because they love you they married you because they love you now that may have been a long time ago and now you got to work some things out and but let me tell you something they married you because they love you now I will say this I hear people say well you know the Bible says we got to love them but we don't have to like them Uh, you you, you need to like your spouse. You know what I'm saying? Like, you kind of need to like them. Like being around them. And you know, my heart and Ashley's heart, our heart as we lead this church is that we would be a place filled with people that like their spouses. That like being around their spouses. That enjoy the company of their spouses. That have fun together. That hang out together. That can, can giggle and laugh together. That still keep it interesting. Come on, somebody. But you can... Enjoying your wife. Enjoying your life.
1: So in First Corinthians 7, 3 to 5, it says, The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife, and likewise, the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. Come
0: on, somebody. I feel the Holy Ghost up in here. I feel the Holy Spirit. Praise God. He is good all the okay. time.
1: Um. <laughs> In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. Do not deprive each other, except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again, so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. And, you know, I just want to say to some of the ladies in here, make the first move. Go ahead and make the first move
0: bless god you know what we're closing at that you know what forget the 11:30 service we'll play it online for the videos we're going home everybody praise god
1: and what i mean by that is um
0: let's go home i'm ready the lord is calling me home praise god
1: um uh don't wait for your spouse to meet your expectations no, no. <laughs> For you to meet theirs. And, uh, what I mean by that is, um, don't deprive your spouse of any version of love, whatever that looks like. If that's, um, you know, your spouse really needs words or something like that, go ahead and give your spouse the words you know they need it. Don't hold back. Go ahead and make, do your own responsibility and get it done. Make the first move. Um, and, um, you, you should really put, um, your needs above their own that's what jesus has done for us he always has put us before himself so in that responsibility to our spouse we should continue to um put them before us just like you know your whole family it's easy for you to put your kids first but you should put your spouse first um and then something else i really wanted to say is if there's a reason why you're holding back um in your relationship or you're holding out on your spouse I really think that you should think about why you're, not, you're holding out on your spouse. You should think about the reason, what's going on inside, what's going on internally that you maybe need to have a conversation with your spouse and bring to the Lord. Um, because again, here in the Bible it says, um, Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. And like we said before, we, we don't want to allow the enemy to have any kind of foothold in our relationship. So don't allow room for that. So
0: good. so good. So good. And I love that you said, you know, you know, don't, don't deprive your spouse and we'll talk to the singles in a second. For those that are married though, don't deprive, deprive your spouse of any type of love. And, you know, I will say this, that, you know, that he says, don't, Don't leave a foothold for the enemy. You know, when we deprive our spouses of the need that they have, if it's words, if we're depriving them of words, here's what's happening. We're leaving a foothold for the enemy, and somebody else is going to step into that. There'll be somebody else that comes. It doesn't mean your spouse is a bad person, but what happens is because there's a lack of that, and we're not willing to treasure them and meet that need, someone else is going to come along, and they're going to start giving them words. It can be the same thing physically. And so here's what we have to do. Everybody in the room that's married, watching online, married, singles, I'm talking to you in a second. But if we're married in the room, we have to be aware of enough. And if you're dating someone, we have to be aware enough of what, what are the needs. Does she need words? Does she need hugs? Does she, does she need it's just somebody to just sit and listen? What are the needs? And I want to be able to meet those needs. Why? Because it, I, it shows her that I treasure her because she is a gift to me. For those that are married in the room, your greatest treasure is your spouse. Your greatest treasure on this planet, if you are married, is your spouse. And so here's the question we have to ask ourselves. We have to challenge ourselves. Are we showing them that? Or are we depriving them because we're tired and we don't feel like talking tonight? Or we're tired and so we don't feel like giving them words? Or, oh, that's not really my love language and so I don't really have time for that. I want you to love me the way that I want to be loved, but I don't love you the way you want to be loved. And so I just here's what happens. The enemy starts to use that and takes a foothold and starts to try to divide the relationship. So if you're in this room and you're married, I want to encourage you, treasure your spouse. Treasure your spouse, and I love what you said because Jesus, he met our needs, that we would treasure them in such a way that we would be willing to meet their needs. If you're single in the room, I want to encourage you. We oftentimes think that the season of singleness is this miserable season. I don't know where we've gotten that from in our culture to where we feel like if we're single, some, some may not feel this way, but like if we're single, we're missing out on something. You're not missing out on anything. If you're single in the room, you are exactly where God wants you. And so that means there's no greater joy than today for you. And here's what happens. We miss that joy because we're concerned about what we want in the future when God is wanting us to learn to love the season we are in now. I I, I hate the thought process of singleness makes us incomplete. Singleness doesn't make us incomplete. Mary doesn't make us complete. Jesus makes us complete. And so here's what it is. Here's what it is. Thank you for the golf claps. I appreciate that. But here's what it is. Let me close. Let me close. Let me close. We got another service. Here's what it is. If you're single in the room, learn to treasure the season you are in because it's the only one you have. If you're married in the room, learn to treasure your spouse because it's the only one you have. And so here's what I know. Here's what I know. Both of those seasons are gifts. I say it all the time to people that are single I'd rather be single and lonely than married and miserable. And so don't get caught up in needing someone so bad that then you have a miserable marriage later down the road because you jumped into something. Learn that God wants you to have joy today. He's put you in this season today because he has enough for you today. Enjoy the season you're in. Your spouse for those that are married, they're your greatest gift. Honor them with your life. Don't just honor them because Pastor Jordan says so. Honor them with your life. Why? Because you know they are your greatest gift. Oh, well, you don't know what they said to me. Oh, you don't know what they did to me. And oh, they got to ask. They got to say they're sorry before I do that. No, 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 no. Let's let God worry about them. Let's let us worry about us. I want to treasure Ashley for the gift that she is. And you know the scripture. We talked about it last week. Honor is not honor unless it's said out loud. And so I want to honor you today. You're the greatest gift that God has ever given me. I'm going to cry a little bit again. I don't know why I'm crying so much today. You're the greatest gift. I'm honored that you would be a part of my life and of everyone here's life. Many of you don't know she works full-time for the state and She's a, we're parents of a seven-month-old, and she's been up since, she was up till three o'clock in the morning last night. Praise God for winter grace. For the parents in the room, you know what I'm talking about. But I want to honor you. I'm grateful that you would spend your life with me. And, I, and you always make me a priority for that. Say thanks. You're the greatest gift. You know what's great about Ashley and I love her so much that she has all that going on and she still has time to love you. She still has time and she prays for you. You may not even know her and she prays for you. She prays for this church. She prays for this city. She loves you. She spends time, we spend time meeting with people and hang with people. It's not her job. She's not getting paid for it. But It's because you're just the greatest person on the planet. Love you. I honor you today. Okay. <laughs> Can we close today? Why don't we pray? Would you pray with me today, Father? I thank-